Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service from the Burnham Benefice for this Sunday, the 5th of September. And this Sunday is the 14th Sunday after Trinity. Our service begins with an introductory piece of music. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us therefore confess our sins in penitence and in faith, firmly resolve to keep God's commandments, and to live in love and in peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, 
Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. And so the collect for today, the 14th Sunday after Trinity. Almighty God, whose only Son has opened for us a new and living way into your presence, give us pure hearts and steadfast wills to worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 35. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth into the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the letter of James. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favouritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand here, or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfil the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, 
If you say you have faith but do not have works, can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So by faith itself, if it has no works, is dead. This is the word of the Lord. the gospel of our lord jesus christ according to mark our gospel is taken from mark chapter 7 beginning at verse 24 from the land of gennesaret jesus set out and went away to the region of tyre he entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there yet he could not escape notice but a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syro-Phoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her for saying that, You may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went, by way of Sidon, towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis, they brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to lay his hand upon him. He took him aside in private away from the crowd and put his fingers into his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven he sighed and said to him F. Fatha that is be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. 
they were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the Gospel of Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was approached recently and asked, how can I learn more about Christianity? Now, my frequent answer to this question, and so it was in this case, is to tell the person, read the Gospel of Mark, but read it as a novel, preferably at one sitting or at most two. My questioner was young, so I thought that the idea of binge-watching, as it were, would be a natural approach. The analogy is quite appropriate since Mark's gospel is like a fast-moving, exciting movie, breathlessly moving from one event to the next. We have such an example in this morning's reading, which includes two miracles succeeding each other as our camera pans from Tyre to Decapolis. And the next paragraph will immediately set the scene for the feeding of the 4,000. Imagine, then, my surprise, when, a few weeks later, having sent a little note to ask how they were getting on with Mark, I received a reply that explained that they were not doing well because they kept napping mid-sentence. Well, notice how differently the two miracles are described. The first, the healing of the Syrophoenician woman's child, is barely told at all. Jesus does not visit her daughter. But the evil spirit is cast out from afar. Jesus simply says, The demon has left your daughter. The woman goes home and discovers that it is so. The second miracle, however, is told to us in some detail. Jesus places his fingers in the man's ears. He touches his tongue. He looks up to heaven. He sighs. And then speaking to the man, he says, be opened. We're told that his ears were opened, his tongue released, and that he spoke plainly. It seems to me that Jesus wanted this miracle to be a spectacle. He wanted people to remember. He wanted them to witness his physical and verbal intervention. We know from the first story that none of this is necessary. Jesus can heal from afar. So why this very intimate engagement? One of the reasons may be the reading we heard earlier from Isaiah. Here is your God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. Jesus is fulfilling these words of Isaiah. He is doing what God promised to do when he comes to redeem his people. Jesus is identifying himself to the surrounding crowd and it is and will become vital that they know who he is. Secondly, Mark wants us to see this not simply as a physical miracle but a metaphorical and spiritual one. You remember how Mark's Gospel begins. The very first verse is, 
the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is Mark's message. And so naturally he stresses that the coming of Christ was to make us hear. And that once we have heard so clearly, then the coming of Christ was to enable us to speak and spread the word. Maybe, by the way, this is an idea about the secret in Mark too. The miracle of the resurrection has not happened yet. But there will be something extraordinary to hear and to talk about. I pray that my friend recovers from their napping so that they may hear brightly and clearly without impediment and that they may well then go on to tell others to read this extraordinary book. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who, with the Father and the Son, is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. and Let us thank God for his goodness to us. Father of all, we bring your church to you, praying for all who lead in your name throughout the world. We ask your protection and shelter for those who live in places where following you brings them into personal danger. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as we pause to bring to you the needs of the world, we think firstly of all who have been affected by the devastation of Hurricane Ida for the homeless, for those who have lost loved ones, for the agencies struggling to help. Lord, help all of us to begin to understand the part we may play in the increasing number and intensity of these severe weather events. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Secondly, we pray for those places which are torn apart by wars, by our own direct aggression towards each other. Let us hear your truth. 
Let us stop the divisions between peoples everywhere. Help us to become healers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As school begins next week, we pray, Lord, for all who teach, whether formally at the front of the classroom or in any of those supporting roles. Lord, we recognise that our example is critical. Help it to be the right one. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father of all, we pray for those who we know to be ill, remembering to the many who we don't really know personally, but who are known to you. In this benefit this morning, we pray for Mike Tapper, for John Crombie, and for John Lumley. We ask your protection upon them and that they may f receive and feel your healing touch. O Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of hope and giver of all comfort, we commend to you all those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Give them the peace which passes all understanding. Make them know that neither death nor life can ever separate them from your love for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen.